Sri Damodar Janani by Shivaram Swami, Chapter 1, Continued Casting a last glance eastward to another contingent of Rajvasi, she thought, quote, These men, led by Brother Sunanda, will go to the Brahmana village by the Yamuna, and after participating in the Indra Yagya, they shall go to Govardhan Hill, where, to accompaniment of musical instruments and great fanfare, They'll raise a flag in honor of heaven's king. All glories to Indra Deva. Seated on a bejeweled chauki, Mother Yashoda took up the rope, looped around the churning rod, and began to pull. Right arm, left arm, right arm, left arm. The silken rope was entwined with gold and silver thread and at each end was a golden handle to ensure a secure grip. Like other pots, the churn was made of fired clay, but unlike others it was set with stones and decoratively painted with charming designs. It had to be special for Krishna. The golden churning rod was set with precious gems and kept straight by ropes fixed to a pillar, top, middle, and bottom. As lovely Yashoda pulled, the sounds of the churning yogurt made a soft swish, swish, swish. That swishing sound had its own language, liquid words that said, O oh Gopal, if you do not wake up, then what is the need of your father robbing the celestials of their best cows? And what is the need of your mother laboring so hard? As if promised by the churn, Yashoda Devi looked at Krishna, and her eyes cascaded tears like blue lotuses their honey. Although her eyes were naturally beautiful, because she was always watching her persistently mischievous son, Yashoda Devi's eyes were charmingly elongated. As if in disagreement with the churning yogurt, Yashoda thought, let him sleep a little more. My son is so active that he needs the extra rest. Smiling, she whispered, Besides, in that way, Gokula's residence will be spared another few moments from his mischief. Swish, 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 continued the churn. O queen, swish, 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 why does your son raid the storehouses of your subjects? I do not know. He drinks so much of my breast milk and eats so much yogurt. It'll all add up to more than any mortal can consume. And yet, he always wants more. Swish, swish. She added, Maybe he steals from the neighbor's home because he does not like the butter in his own home. Swish, swish. Impossible. Even the devas cue to taste the butter from this house, especially when you prepare it. Rather, the propensity of children is to steal. That is all, queen. Be at ease. With a sigh of relief, Yashoda rested the churning rod on the choki and walked to the stove to gently stir the milk. It had yet to boil. Then, like a majestic swan, she walked to the bedchamber 
to admire her sleeping son. Leaning against the door jamb, she blew him a kiss and resumed her churning. She gave vent to her loving ecstasy by singing, Gokula pati kula tilakatom asiha, Krita sukrite raja rachita sukavraja nayanadi samiha. O tilak ornament of Gokul king's dynasty, pouring delight into their eyes, you bring endless joy to the pious folk of Raj. Anandod bhava janma mahotsava nandi gopa samaj. Putanika mrita nava mangala krita vayalita gokula raj. The cowherd people were overjoyed by the celestial observance of your birthday. And after Putana died, Gokula's king performed further auspicious rites for your protection. Dhaira nirvatana shakata vivartanam anubhavyena parita Satrinavarka Vayu Nivartaka Parameshnanita. Impetuous as you are, you toppled the cart, and some days later the Supreme Lord kindly rescued you from the whirlwind Trinavarta and returned you to us. Madura Prangana Virachita Ringana Jala Nayana Shunpunya Nana Keleshu Nitakalalishu Darsita Vara Naipunya O beautiful lotus-eyed child, who gracefully crawls in the palace courtyard, and who is an expert and playful dancer. Tarnaka Bhaladhi Shavalita Tanvadi Valiyata Manjula Shobha Jariti Nirahe Kautaka Kalahe Pravalita Nitya Lobha. Although a handsome protector of calves, you are a greedy liar when jousting in a playful quarrel with the elder gopis. Mam Mataram Anu Shukam Udvitanu Pratatam Satatam Krishna Drutam Uradi Kuru Tanuvridhi Puru Kelavali Krita Trishna. O Krishna, of insatiable thirst to play with friends, quickly come to your mother and make me happy. Do not delay. Sri Bhuvana Darshana Vishmaya Marshana Nishchita Vaishnavamaya Hari Varirasya Sukada Tamasya Vigata Jara Marakaya. Although your divine potencies seem to fill the three worlds with wonder, I continue to pray to Lord Hari that you never grow old or die, and that you continue to bring us happiness, O Krishna. The maternal love of Yashoda Devi was like the fire burning on the kitchen stove, and her heart was like the simmering milk in the pot. As her heart filled with thoughts of Krishna, her eyes overflowed with tears and her mind smoldered. Conversing within herself, she thought, Those foolish maidservants, they are neither intelligent nor experienced enough to prepare this butter properly. That is why Krishna is attracted to others' homes. 
From now on I shall prepare all the butter, milk, and everything that my son eats. Then Krishna will give up his stealing ways, and I will be the one to enjoy the nectar of service to him, not silly servant girls. Pacified by her inner exchange, Yashoda focused more attentively on churning while continuing to meditate on Krishna through self-composed songs. Although many professional poets and their wives have penned songs of Krishna and his deeds, Mother Yashoda had composed her own. In the same way, she remained dissatisfied with her maidservant's butter. She could not be satisfied with the songs of Raja's bards. She thought, What do they know about the true beauty and sweetness with which my son mesmerizes the universe and enchants my heart? And if they do not know these things, how can they properly express them? Poor bards, could they ever pacify their queen? No one in Vrindavan, or anywhere for that matter, loved Krishna as she did. How then could Vraja's poets glorify him in ways that would fully satisfy the yearnings of her heart? If the son of Vyas praised my Gopal with the most select words and meter, perhaps his compositions would be the nectar for which my ears hanker. Yashoda Devi's words would not prove false. Many wise souls, proficient in cultivating an unconditional attitude of service to Krishna, would attain perfection by hearing and reciting songs composed by Shukadeva Goswami. More fortunate still would be devotees who gain admittance into the realm, wherein they could hear the songs that Mother Yashoda composed herself. Pulling on the rope, Yashoda rhythmically swayed left to right and back again, deeply absorbed in Krishna's pastimes. She could not tell whether she was remembering them or singing about them, but it was both. And while Yashoda Devi relished the opportunity to be alone with her son, her butter churn, and her songs of Krishna Lila, divine fate had other ideas. Yogamaya had already penned a different script, a special script, a Damodar pastime that required Rohini, Balaram, the maidservants, everyone to be absent. Not so that Yashoda could be alone with Krishna, but so they could not object to his being bound by her. Were they present, they surely would. But now all the potential obstacles were removed. The pastime potency could unveil a new exciting course of events that would fulfill Krishna's will. For a pujari, meditation on the Lord precedes every act of worship. Similarly, for the pastime potency, meditation on Krishna's mother preceded Damodar Lila. This meditation is relevant to all who hear this pastime, but especially to those who worship Krishna in the mood of parental love. Having disclosed how By her extraordinary qualities, incessant singing, and supreme affection, Yashoda is the perfect mother. The divine potency sang of her extraordinary beauty and cried. Seated on a chauki, Yashoda continued to churn, occasionally stealing only a glance at her son, worried that by staring she would wake him and also be negligent in her duty. 
Unlike some elderly gopis, Yashoda was gracefully slender, yet she pulled relentlessly on the churning rope with the strength that belied her physique. Mother Yashoda's energy was neither physical nor mystical. It was the force of love. The force of limitless love, a force that vibrated along the churning rope. While the churn would have been quite content to produce butter unaided, Yashoda would have none of that. How would she show her love if not by preparing butter herself? Besides, what did a butter churn know about churning good butter? O oh, queen, let me do this, and you just sing of your son. Parental love replied, Then how will I become manifest in loving service to Krishna? Mother, just hold the rope lightly, and I will do the rest. That will not do. My heart will not be satisfied. Turn, behave, and let me flow unhindered through your being. As love of God thus streamed from her every pore, enhancing her unmatched beauty, Mother Shoda labored while the low swish, swish of churning gently blended into the sounds of the morning. But some sounds would not blend in and stood out instead. These were the tinkling of her earrings, her bracelets, and other ornaments. They were combined into an orchestra performance with a mind of its own. As fatigue weighed on Yashoda's arm, she strained that much harder until her whole body shook, and with it, her bountiful, regal ornaments. The combined sound of her shaking ornaments was like a tinkling of dozens of tiny bells, a kinkini dvani, like the bells that pujaris used to wake deities in the early morning. And Krishna, the fountainhead and shelter of all deities, heard that tinkling as a call to rise. Slowly, slowly, ever so slightly, Krishna opened his lotus eyes. While Lord Vishnu continued to sleep on his bed of snakes, for another two weeks, Krishna, the origin of Vishnu, awoke. Aware of their achievement, the tinkling ornament said, O oh, source of creation, just see how hard your mother is laboring to make first-class butter. Krishna peered through squinted eyes. From his vantage point on Yashoda's bed, he took the scene of his mother's churning, and his heart swelled with love and joy. Just then, Yashoda cast a glance Krishna's way, and she saw his drowsy eyes slowly close. She thought, he's still tired. Let him sleep a little more. But Krishna was no longer tired. His love radiated from his mother, had entered his eyes, and shone into his heart, where it was creating such a festival of bliss that he was ready to crawl out of bed to embrace her. Yet he restrained himself, allowing his own love to engulf his being. In a childish way, Krishna thought, What an exquisite sight! I must drink the nectar of this vision a little longer. Carefully looking through his ever-so-slightly-parted eyelids, Krishna saw that she had turned away, and so he opened his eyes further. 
the first thing he noticed was the movements of Yashoda's earrings. Fine beams of golden light caught Krishna's eye. Is that the sun's reflection? No, her face is turned away from the sun. Then, with wonder, he realized it is a reflection of love radiating from her form. How exquisite! Stealthily watching, the jeweled encrusted earrings swing back and forth while rubbing against his mother's cheeks. Krishna was hypnotized, and in that condition he felt transcendental envy. How fortunate to always be so close to her. I have to play, sleep, and snatch butter from neighbors, at which times I am distant from my mother. But these earrings are always just one finger away, and from her flower petal cheeks at that. In answer to Krishna's jealousy, the earrings flashed a message, as if to say, Lazy little boy, why not come out of bed and share with us your mother's sweet caress? Krishna's mind replied, O Kundala, that caress will come, but in her arms I cannot see mother's full glory. Let me watch from here. Tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. The bracelets on Yashoda's wrists and forearms wanted attention. To amplify their requests, they too shone shafts of love at Krishna. After all, where was love not exuding from Yashoda's pores? O oh, Kankana, what austerities did you perform to grace the bud-like hands that can thrill me so with their touch? Butter thief, we are mined from the best part of the Chintamani soil of the, this land, where touchstones seek to fulfill their own desires by your mother's slightest touch. Come share that touch with us. Surely every atom of your being craves for it. Again, Krishna resisted. Although the bangles were right, his senses cried out to him, Please be kind. But the vision before his eyes filled him with another, more intense ecstasy, the ecstasy of separation, and he whispered, O senses, relish the experience of this indescribable beauty, love, and devotion. Following his order, every sense simultaneously adopted the quality of sight, smell, and sound, and thus relish Yashoda's beauty, bodily aroma, and utterances. By doing so, they compensated for their absence of her touch and for the taste of her kiss. Yashoda looked up. Krishna closed his eyes. Missing his deception, she thought, Still asleep? Should I let him continue? Or should I rouse him? Sensing that the butter was still not done, she decided. Let him rest a little longer. Pulling hard against the rope, Madhya Shoda made not only her earrings, bracelets, and necklace dance, but even her ankle bells. Hearing that concert, Krishna chanced to peek. Looking through the glitter of Yashoda's ornaments and bodily effulgence, Krishna was astonished by the charming contrast between her blackish complexion and saffron yellow sari, like sunshine set against a mass of rain clouds. As befitting a queen, her dress was fashioned with a fine fabric embellished with colorful embroidery 
and gold yarn borders. How might I also be draped about that form of love? Her movements being as energetic as they were, the loose folds of Yashoda's sari dance as if blown by the wind. To enable churning, she had knotted against her waist. Still the cloth continued to flutter against the churning rod and occasionally even entangle the rope. Krishna was enchanted. How has the Creator so successfully fashioned this form of perfection? Yashoda's broad hips shook as if challenging the belt encircling them and further inciting each and every one of her limbs to dance. The chauki also began to shake slightly. Krishna worried. What if she falls from her seat? But there was no chance of that. Despite her shaking limbs and wobbly bearing, Yashoda's mind was fixed in meditation upon her little son, the anchor of all existence. How could she fall? And in that state, a deep absorption, Yashoda Devi forgot that Krishna was sleeping and that she was churning butter and that they were inside the palace. Her voice rising higher and higher, her face beautified with a smile, she sang, Tarnaka bhali di shavalita Fanadi valita manjula shobha jariti nivahe chautuka kalehe pravidita mityalaobha. Although a handsome protector of cows, you are a greedy liar when jousting in a play for quarrel with elder gopis. While repeating this refrain, Yashoda mistakenly thought that she was in the courtyard making peace between Krishna and the neighborhood gopis. Occasionally, she raised her eyebrows at the gopis' allegations or chuckled at his clever retorts. Lost in another reality, a reality of remembrance, Yashoda Devi so fully experienced Krishna's presence that she drew him into her meditation, and so in doing made him unsure of where he was. Was he in the bed or in her thoughts? Although he was present both externally, Sakshat, as well as within Lushoda's heart, Spurti, the loving devotion of his mother was so strong that Krishna was increasingly drawn into the latter. As a result, the cause and shelter of all directions and of all dimensions became momently disoriented. Confident that Yashoda was so immersed in meditation as to be oblivious of her surroundings, Krishna opened his eyes wide, only to see Yashoda's quivering breasts emitting a stream of love milk. What is this exclusive affection that increases with every line of mother's song? Is that love occasioned by the constant attraction for me or for the effect of her song? He paused because her love affection still overflows without her seeing me or even without her singing. It must be caused by a combination of the two. Pausing for another moment, Krishna adds, perhaps the shaking of mother's limbs is also not caused by churning, but by love or by the song or by all three. From within his heart, love answered, little boy, why not ask a similar question about the perspiration on her brow, or the restlessness of her eyebrows. 
Krishna's attention turned to Madhya Shoda's face, the face of embodied love. Her carefully tied braid had loosened, and the malati flowers were falling to her feet. He marveled. Those flowers look like raindrops cascading from a blue cloud, or stars dropping from the night sky. Noticing the beads of perspiration, he added, No, the moisture is rainfall from the ethereal black cloud of her hair, and the flowers are celestial showers from adoring devas. Just see her eyebrows, Prema whispered. Yashoda's eyebrows moved erratically, as if freeing the drops of perspirations collected in them, or in response to the cascading flowers. In truth, it was neither. Those movements were symptoms of ecstasies, an ever-fresh delight at Krishna's sports. And as with all her characteristics, they further enhanced her beauty. Love said, Just see! Just see! Indeed, Krishna saw. He saw his mother's wariness, her determination to please him, her love issuing forth an unmatched beauty, her regal attire askew, and her relentless symptoms of ecstasy, highlighted by the love milk dripping from her breasts. Unable to tolerate the distance between them, driven by desire to show his love for her, and desirous to drink her breast milk, Krishna sat up. With tears flowing from his eyes, he issued a stream of crying sounds, calling, Mother! Mother! Krishna's cries quickly pierced Yashoda's samadhi, and brought her thoughts from the courtyard back into her kitchen. For an instant, she appeared to lament that she had been taken away from her beloved. But Krishna's further call opened her eyes to reality. Gradually, the vision and memory of the palace and her churning returned, and she understood that her son had awakened and that he needed her. Mother! Mother! While coming to her external senses, Yashoda still remained captivated by the pastimes of her songs. Wiping the perspiration from her brow, she blamed the sun. O oh, eye of the world, leave me alone! To free herself from thoughts of Krishna and to respond to his call, she gracefully shook her head from side to side like a celestial mare. Krishna was besides himself. Mother!